Hello, you are listening to This Week in 1916 with Ray McGovern, following the rising as it happened, day by day. Hello, uh, welcome to uh, the Bluebell History Show. This is your historian, Ray McGovern. Now, uh, as it's the anniversary of 1916, we want to uh, do some commemoration of the events, uh, not only uh, those of the actual rising, but the lead-up events and the historical background. It's a sort of a, eventually a minute-by-minute account of each day as it happened during the 1916, from Monday the 24th of April to Sunday uh, the 30th of April. So uh, just to remind you about the uh, generation that uh, engaged in this rebellion, the men and women of 1916 were only a generation removed from the famine period of the 1840s. Um, the events of the Fenian Rising in the 1860s, which uh, collapsed rather rapidly, but the uh, cultural mo movement of the Gaelic Athletic Association and the Irish Republican Brotherhood were uh, thriving even at this stage. We'll take uh, April the 8th, 1866, the first Home Rule Bill, uh, presented by the Prime Minister uh, Gladstone uh, to the House of Commons. Uh, 1886 then, the first Home Rule Bill is defeated by uh, the House of Lords. Uh, the Gaelic League is formed in 1893 by Douglas Hyde and Owen McNeill to encourage the Irish language to speak the language and take greater interest in their culture. September the 1st, 1893, a second Home Rule Bill is attempted and uh, is vetoed by the House of Lords. 1900, Cumann Gael Irish Council, founded by Arthur Griffith in order to promote a by Irish campaign to increase employment and to reduce emigration. 1903, the National Council formed by Griffith to protest against the visit of Edward VII to Ireland, who had just succeeded his mother, uh, Victoria. The council attracts members such as W.B. Yeats and Maud Gone. 1905, Common Gael, the National Council and Dungannon Clubs are amalgamated to form Sinn Féin, founded by Arthur Griffith that year. We Ourselves. Countess Markiewicz and Bulwer Hobson organise nationalist youths into the Fian Airn, a kind of Boy Scout brigade. The emphasis was on the Irish language and establishing independence. Many years later, they were to join the IRB, the Irish Republican Brotherhood. Yet a third Home Rule Bill was presented to the House of Commons and successfully by uh, the Prime Minister, Liberal Prime Minister S. Uh, Herbert uh, Henry Asquith. And it was rejected first by the House of Lords, but uh, a method was found to overcome the veto of the House of Lords, which had blocked the previous Home Rule Bills. In response to this, uh, there was panic in the north of Ireland who feared uh, Dublin taking control of the north as well as the rest of the country under a Home Rule government. So Sir Edward Carson, a Dublin Unionist, and James Craig set up the Ulster Volunteer Force with the intention of defending Ulster against Home Rule. 1913, Jim Larkin, founder of the Irish Transport and General Workers, calls for a workers' strike for better paying conditions. 
1913, August 31st, a massive protest rally at Sackville Street attacked by the Dublin Metropolitan Police. Two strikers are killed by the police. Might be uh, important to mention there that that uh, led to the founding of the Irish Citizen Army under James Connolly. November 23rd, 1913, Larkins uh, and James Connolly found the Irish Citizen Army in order to protect the strikers from the police. November 25th, 1913, Irish volunteers founded in Dublin to secure the rights and liberties common to all people of Ireland uh, and to protect, uh, uh, to make sure the Home Rule Bill went through and wouldn't be frustrated by the Ulster volunteers in the north. By 1914, the ranks swelled to 100,000. In line with the volunteers, a Women's League, Come the On, was founded and organised by Countess Markiewicz. Agnes O'Farrell and Mary McSweeney. April 24th, which was a very important day in 1916, two years earlier to the day, a shipment of 35,000 rifles and 5 million rounds of ammunition are landed at Larne for the UVF, making them a, a massive power in the, uh, in the Irish situation for home rule or no home rule. July 26th, in response to this, the Irish volunteers unload a shipment of 1,500 rifles, 45,000 rounds of ammunition from Germany aboard Erskine Children's Yacht, Yaskard. British troops fire on, on the crowd in Bachelor's Walk uh, as they return with these rifles, killing three citizens. Incidentally, none of this reaction of police or army were made to the importation of arms in the north. August 4th, 1914, First World War declared Home Rule for Ireland uh, put off for the duration of the war with Germany and it was expected that the war would not last as long as it did. September 9th, 1914, meeting held between the IRB and uh, Republicans, initial decision made to start an uprising while Britain is at war. The old theme of Ireland's opportunity in Britain's difficulty. September 20th, 1914, John Redmond's urges Irish volunteers to enlist for the British Army. This caused a major split in the volunteers, and 170,000 left the volunteers, many of them to join the British Army. Only 11,000 remained of the Irish volunteers under Owen McNeill were eventually to engage in the rising. May, September 1915, Military Council of the IRB is formed consisting of Pierce, Plunkett, McDermott, Kant and Clark. These men take control of the plans for the rising. August 1915, Padraig Pierce gives a, a, a magnificent oration at the funeral of Jeremiah O'Donovan Rossa in Glasnevin, saying, Ireland unfree shall never be at peace. December 1915, Military Council manipulation ensures Dennis McCullough, a northern uh, member of the IRB, becomes president. McCullough, at this stage, has no knowledge of the plans for the rising. January 1916, now we're into the critical year, James Connolly encouraged to join the IRB and has voted on to the Military Council, ensuring that the Irish Citizens' Army shall be involved in the rising. 
Thomas McDonough becomes seventh member of the military council several weeks later. Rising date confirmed for Easter Sunday. April 9th, 1916, the uh, Liebau, a German vessel, set sails from Lübeck in Germany. Captain Karl Spindler uh, changes the name of the vessel to the Aw to avoid detection by the British who were uh, patrolling the uh, seas around Ireland. It would be very interested in a cargo of 20,000 rifles bound for Tralee Bay on the southwest coast of Ireland. April the 12th, Roger Casement boards the submarine uh, and later a U-boat at Willemshaven, Germany, bound for a rendezvous with the Aude at Tralee Bay. With them are Robert Monteith, an IRB man, and a Sergeant Daniel Bailey, a former prisoner of war in Germany, who had joined Casement, Irish Brigade. Casement was tired and ill after many months in Germany and at sea, seeking military assistance for the rising. April 19, 1916, an unrelated event, an alderman Kelly reads the famous Castle document to a meeting at Dublin Corporation. This was a document prevented uh, from being published by the press, but was supposed to give an insight into the future policy in Ireland of suppression of the volunteers and mass arrests of volunteers were to be uh, begun immediately. April the 20th, we're only a few days from the uh, rising now, 4.15, the order arrives at Tralee Bay. Uh, local volunteers are expecting the ship to arrive on Easter Sunday, so it's, uh, it's three days early. The arms are not landed. Spindler, the captain of the Aud, waits in vain for a signal from the shore. Following day, Roger Casement and his two companions go ashore from the U-boat and land on Banner Strand outside Tralee. Bailey and Monteith go to Tralee to seek the local volunteers. Hours later, Casement is discovered on the beach by the uh, RIC uh, and is arrested. Now, uh, the, the odd uh, eventually is captured by the British Navy. Uh, it was in disguise as a Norwegian trawler, but um, it was ordered into port by the, uh, very appropriately, the British HMS Bluebell. And uh, just entering Cork Harbour on its way into Cove, the odd uh, crew blew up the whole ship and handed themselves over as captain captives to the uh, British Navy, but the uh, 20,000 guns were at the bottom of Cork Harbour, Cork Bay. That was to prevent the British uh, getting hold of the guns, which uh, weren't very good guns, Russian guns, we understand, and in poor condition, but they might have made a difference in the rising. 10pm, uh, Owen McNeil, Chief of Staff of the Irish Volunteers, issues a countermanding order cancelling the rising on Easter Sunday. The O'Rahilly uh, from Kerry, a very influential man in the volunteers, sets off to the south of Ireland with these instructions to stop the rising elsewhere in the country. Remember, the rising was to occur 
uh, in very many areas of the country, not just Dublin. April 23rd, which is uh, Easter Sunday, 9 a.m., the military council meet to discuss the situation considering McNeil has placed an advertisement in the Sunday Independent halting all volunteer operations. The rising is put on hold for 24 hours. Hundreds of copies of the Proclamation of the Republic are printed in Liberty Hall. April 24th, 12 noon, 1916, rising begins in Dublin. Thank you for listening. Join me tomorrow for the next episode of The Week of the Rising, 1916, with Ray McGovern.